Hello, my friend. I'm excited to share with you an episode of a new podcast that I'm really excited about. It's called Creator Debates, hosted by Justin Moore. Now, you may or may not know, Justin and I are good friends. His business is called Creator Wizard, and he helps creators find and negotiate your dream sponsorships so that you stop leaving money on the table. And he's really, really good at it. Justin was a guest on episode 112 of this podcast, which was our first ever video episode of the show on YouTube. He was gracious enough to be my guinea pig, and I returned the favor with his new video show, Creator Debates. Creator Debates features stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. I just love that tagline. In this episode you're about to hear, I debate with Joe Casabona on whether podcasters should be focused on leveraging video or not. And as someone who recently made the switch from audio only to video, I'm arguing for video. These guys are both good friends. They're both members of the lab. And this episode is a lot of fun. So I'm sharing this episode in full with you today here on the feed. If you enjoy it, subscribe to Creator Debates in your podcast player. Or if you'd rather watch in video, the link is in the show notes. We'll get to that full episode of Creator Debates right after this. Long hours, small teams, uninspiring content. Marketing for a startup is hard work, but it doesn't have to be. HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing your stress. Their all-in-one platform connects your sales, marketing, and support all together so you can increase leads, fast-track deals, smooth out support, and join a platform that more than 190,000 top brands trust. Plus, they have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. HubSpot also offers discounts for startups on their top-rated customer platform, and not the kind of discounts that barely make a dent. I'm talking about meaningful savings of up to 90%. So if you're ready to crush your marketing, look no further than HubSpot for startups. To see how much you can save, visit HubSpot.com startups. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Why do you feel that Jay and I are, are idiots for utilizing video for our podcast. Is watching, watching people talk, is, is that really compelling video? Discoverability in audio is so challenging. Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore, founder of Creator Wizard. I'm your host and referee. Today, we're talking about podcasts. If you're thinking podcasts? Who the heck still listens to those? This is the age of TikTok. Anything longer than 30 seconds is blasphemy. People have the attention span of squirrels now. Come on. Well, would it surprise you that over one third of Americans, that's 104 million people, listen to podcasts regularly? 
You're seeing massive companies like Spotify spending hundreds of millions of dollars to acquire upstarts like Anchor, a free podcasting platform, and Gimlet, a producer of podcasts. But the thing that kind of sucks about podcasts is it's hard to find them. Unless one of your friends tells you, you gotta check out this dope new podcast I found all about underwater basket weaving. But enter YouTube and even TikTok and Instagram Reels for that matter. You are now seeing an explosion of podcasters starting to leverage video. YouTube even launched a dedicated podcast homepage recently. So I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty confused. Now, this is gonna be kind of meta because when I was figuring out how to launch this podcast that you're listening and or watching right now, I thought to myself, do I really wanna complicate things by adding video? That way I can just record all the episodes in my PJs. So I realized I needed to call upon some experts to settle this debate once and for all. So I rang up Jay Klaus, founder of Creator Science, host of the award-winning 1 Million Downloads in 18 Months Creative Elements podcast, which, by the way, was recently completely reimagined as a video podcast. But in the other corner, we have Joe Casabona, podcast coach and producer who helps podcasters become business owners at Podcast Liftoff. He creates online courses for LinkedIn Learning and hosts a podcast called How I Built It. And Joe feels pretty strongly that video killed the podcast star. So by the end of this episode, you'll know whether or not launching a video podcast is the right move for you as a creator, how to speak with brands and sponsors to make more money with your video or audio podcast, and honestly, the only thing I really care about, who is a better creator debater, Jay or Joe? So Jay, you have the floor first. Why did you decide to start incorporating video into your podcast and do you think that's mandatory if you were starting over today? You have two minutes. Well, after two years of an audio-only show, I looked at my analytics and said, this show's way better than it would look purely from analytics. And it's not even that my analytics were terrible, but the amount of effort that I was putting into the show and the qualitative feedback I get from listeners I was just constantly asking myself, how can I get this thing in front of more people? Because discoverability in audio is so challenging, uh, nearly non-existent. Will things get better? Maybe. But it really felt like if I was going to lean into discoverability, one of the best ways I could do that for the show was being on YouTube in particular. That's the draw to video for me is that I can put the show on YouTube. So that was the plan. And we gave it a shot because... The YouTube algorithm is fairly equal opportunity for uh, good content. It seems to try to put your new video in front of at least a small sampling of random viewers early on. And if that performs well, it'll put it in front of more people and more people and more people. And if you create a good video, theoretically, things can go pretty well pretty quickly for your channel. So that's why I took to YouTube with the show. Is it necessary for everybody or is it the right move for everybody? I will say that I feel sometimes like doing a 60 minute interview show on YouTube is doing YouTube on hard mode. Is every podcast a 60 minute interview show? No. So it might even be more viable for certain shows, maybe solo shows, shorter shows. All that to say though, there seems to be um, a lot of opportunity for long form video on YouTube. 60 minute interviews are long form. I think we're moving more and more in that direction based on YouTube's 
recent stance on how they're going to lean into podcasting. And I think the future is bright, um, but it does require a lot of editing skills. So if you are not a video editor, that will be tough, might require some help, which opens up its own challenges. So is it right for everybody? I guess. We'll All right. Go. Two minutes. <laughs> All right. Very, very compelling. I have a question real quickly before we go to Joe. Uh, do you personally watch video podcasts on YouTube? Sometimes, yeah. And what contrasts that? Which ones you watch on, on video versus ones on your podcast player? Well, I look for videos that have some additive element element to the show. If it's just a back and forth with the guest where there's nothing really on screen, less compelling. But it also kind of depends on the mood. Sometimes I want to have the cozy... Uh, camaraderie feel by having it on a second monitor and feeling like I have a couple of friends there that can be kind of nice. Love it. Love it. All right, Joe floor is yours thoughts rebuttal. Look, podcasting can be really tough. It can kind of be a nightmare, especially for <laughs> beginners. And then you're going to add video to it. So instead of just looking good, which you can do, or I'm, I'm sorry, instead of just sounding good, which you can do with like a 50 or $70 microphone, now you have to worry about looking good too, which means you need a decent camera and you need good lighting. And now that 70 bucks turns into 500 bucks. And that's just you. If you have guests, forget about it. You want them to look good and you want them to sound good. And I can tell you, Unless you're smart like Justin and only interview <laughs> creators, then you're going to have a harder time getting them to look good. Mm. And for what? To tick a box? It, watching watching people talk? Is, is that really compelling video? Uh, my audience doesn't think so on YouTube. I don't think so. Uh, and when you tell somebody to start a podcast and then say, well, you also need video, it's kind of like asking someone, hey, do you want to play baseball with my friend? We need a pitcher. And then telling them that your friend is Aaron Judge. Or it's like saying, hey, uh, I need help moving. Can you help me move? By the way, I'm moving out of the White House. Or saying uh, or offering to drive somebody to the airport and then finding out that it's not the 40 minute away airport. It's JFK in New York City during rush hour, which actually happened to me. Uh, my point is. Adding video to an audio-only medium moves the chains a lot. And especially for a first-time podcaster, it makes the barrier for entry considerably harder without much benefit. Now, Jay mentioned, right, discoverability in audio is not good. And that's that's right. That's That's a good point. But YouTube has been leaning into audio-only more. In March of 2022, a, a PowerPoint leaked talking about how they were going to get into podcasting. They rolled out a feature for YouTube Premium where you can listen to videos outside of the app. They have YouTube Music. And more recently, towards the end of 2022, they released a document talking about how they're going to leverage audio-only ad insertion, which tells me that YouTube a video platform is also seeing the benefits of having an audio only content area. Got it. Very. I, I talk fast, so I see the rest of my time. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So, I mean, really, the thing I want to know most, though, is why do you feel that Jay and I are, are idiots for utilizing video for our podcasts? I think that, I mean, uh, uh, so you're putting words in my mouth. I would never call either one of you an idiot. Um, but I think that 
video, video and audio serve two different purposes. Um, and I think as, as you both kind of insinuated, just like watching people talk back and forth is not compelling, right? Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I go to, I sat on a panel at a, a, a conference recently. When I go to panels, it's like kind of a snooze fest, right? Um, you need something to break up the monotony. And maybe you can do that with editing. But um, I think that if it's a conversation, it's more convenient for the listener, right? Because they can do other stuff while they're listening. Mm. And uh, it's it's easier to produce as well, which I think we'll probably get into later. So let's actually get into round one, which is all about creativity. So Jay, I want to go to you. Do you feel that having a video podcast allows you to paint with a broader creative brush and why? Two minutes. Oh, totally. There are so many times within every episode that we have on the show where a guest will bring up something as kind of an aside, and we're able to add depth to that interview by showing B-roll without audio on screen at that time. So right now we're editing an episode with Hayden Hillier-Smith. He was Logan Paul's former editor, has a podcast called The Editing Podcast. And there are times when he calls out two videos he did with Logan, or there are times when he said one of his inspirations are Colin and Samir. We're able to give a lot of depth and context on screen without needing to pull audio from those videos to both make a more compelling video product, product, but also help people understand things more. There's even a point in that interview where I refer to his co-host as Josh incorrectly, and on screen we can put asterisk Jordan. Uh, so it, it even allows me to cover up for some miscues in that way. It is a broader canvas though. Like it is a broader canvas of, do we need to cover more ground because we are showcasing more material? Um, that can be paralyzing, that can be scary, it can be intimidating. It can also be really, really great. So you can look at it as a gift, you can look at it as a challenge, you can look at uh, the difficulty as a non-starter, or you can look at it as an opportunity. And we've chosen to look at it as uh, an opportunity and a gift to be able to do more within the same confines. Is this, so Joe, I want to take this to you. Um, do you think that this is from the creative standpoint, that this is too intimidating to someone who's just starting out? They're going to have to master both video and audio versus, Hey, let's just get out the gates. Let's, you know, have this be an audio show and then you can tackle video later. Obviously I'm an idiot because I'm trying to tackle both at the same time, but I want, I'm curious your thoughts on this two minutes. Yeah, I think, I think it's, tough and it could be intimidating right because it's it's more than um it's more than just having to talk which i i suspect a lot more people are comfortable with right but um you got to get camera ready right i'm like sweating that i didn't shave this morning right my five o'clock <laughs> i was gonna say was, i was gonna say but i didn't want to bring it up but yeah I, yeah you know this and this is like 4k i think yeah. so like um every, everybody can see right so like you want to if people are worried about their appearance or their office or they don't have the the um, ability to have a, a better setup, then, yeah, I think it could be really intimidating for them. And it, it that could say, well, if I need to do a video, I'm not going to do a podcast because people are already saying, like, oh, if, if it's complicated, I don't really want to do it anyway. So I think the barrier for entry gets a lot higher that way. Which is the, I can't remember which uh, presidential debate it was, but there was the one where it was like the the advent of the television Nixon versus and JFK. Nixon and JFK versus yeah. radio, right? And and people who watched it on TV versus radio thought that, uh, you know, different different uh, candidates yeah. won, right? People who listened on only the radio thought Nixon sounded more confident and sounded better. 
people who watched it on TV thought JFK won because he looked better and was less sweaty. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that was like, I mean, that's like the that's big true. thing. That's true. Um, and he, he also refused to wear makeup um, where JFK, you know, had the whatever it's called, the pancake makeup or whatever. And that made him look better on TV. All right. There it is. The end of round one. So this is a great opportunity. Let's move into round two, which is all about production, because Joe, you, uh, Jay, you mentioned something about how you made a slip up during the recording and you can, you know, correct that in post, whether it's on screen or maybe, you know, uh, uh, with a typical audio podcast, you could go in and re-record lines and all that stuff, too. But like from a production standpoint, um, like actually, uh, Joe, I want to go go to you with this first, um, which is. I want to know why you believe that having an audio only podcast just generally is a lighter lift. Um, you know, whether that's you're trying to tackle it yourself or you're outsourcing to to an editor. What, what is your thought process on just production in general? Yeah, I think, um, the, you know, I, I was going to mention something about uh, where it comes uh, with creativity on like CGI being a crutch. Right. And I think when you strip away to just audio, um, CGI being a crutch in new movies today versus like actually relying on good content, right? Um, and I think that you have a similar effect with with audio, right? You have less to work with, so you need to be maybe a little bit more creative with keeping the audience engaged. And that goes right into production, right? Um, because like we said, being audio only, you only need to worry about the audio. When you're working with video, you need good lighting, you need a good camera, you need to always be on, right? If if Jay and I start to get bored as you're talking and we start to drift, like that's going to look bad for us, right? Just like presidential debates when George H.W. Bush checked his watch, <laughs> that like ruined the debate for him, right? Mm. Um and so it's I think it's um with no video, it's less it could be less draining. Uh but then with editing, you don't need to worry about syncing audio and video either. Uh, you don't need to to creatively cut, and you can do those audio pickups, right? Uh, those there's sometimes they're called drop-ins, sometimes they're called audio pickups. But I can tell with the video, like you got to make, you got to have the right the right exact pose, or you need to be wearing the right shirt, wearing right? the same clothes, and, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and so with audio, you don't have to worry about any of that. It's a lot easier to do those pickups later, um, and so. The truth is that creating a podcast is a grind either way, and you want to be consistent above all else. Um, and unless there's a compelling reason to add video, you don't want it to hinder your ability to stay consistent. Interesting. Man, you are like right at two minutes every time. I haven't had to use the buzzer on you. Very impressive. Um, real Thank quickly, you. just as a, a, an anecdote, as I was behind the scenes, as I was prepping for this uh, this podcast, I'm using Riverside, um, and I was doing some test recordings, right, as any good, uh, you know, aspiring podcaster should do, and I was having a heck of a time trying to figure out how to sync the audio and the videos because I want to have a, a super high resolution. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do this in 4K, and so I'm just, my, my honestly, I couldn't figure it out, and so I was like, oh, I'll just fix it in post. So that, that was the that was the conclusion but it's you're right there's there's these non-trivial uh production factors when you're trying to do two different content formats jay i want to bring you in here um thoughts on the production process i know you um you know hired an editor i want to hear a little bit more about that and and just kind of what is the complexity how has the complexity changed now given that you previously did an audio show for the last several years definitely more complex uh definitely more expensive because i did hire an editor 
The other side of that though, because I'm not an, uh, a video editor and I didn't have that skill set, I had to hire somebody, which actually removed me from the production process. So I personally spend less time on the production week to week than I used to. And I think that's really compelling. Um, definitely more complex in general. And that does run the risk of, okay, if I lost my video editor or if he had life happen, what happens to the show? That puts me in a pretty difficult situation. Uh, it's difficult to keep the trains running on time. Uh, but you know, uh, with anything you weigh the pros and cons against the, the lens that is your context and you make a, you make a choice. And I decided to move forward in this way. What would you do if uh, like pull that thread? Like, what would you do if your editor said, Hey, can't work with you anymore. Or, Hey, I'm super sick for a month. Or like, how would that imp like, what would you do? Just out of curiosity, I would have to hire a new editor. Um, or I would rethink, do I want to continue to do a video show? And if so, in this format, uh, we have basically a shared language for how we're creating this thing. Now it's no longer just a me thing. It's an us thing. If I brought somebody in, sure, I would want them to look at the past episodes and try to model that a little bit, but I would also want it to be an us thing with that person. So we would probably change the the format of the show a little bit, which took some time for us to work out how to do not even just the stylistic choices, but the logistic and operational decisions for how we manage together. So certainly a more complicated lift. Um, but as I said a little bit earlier, anytime that there are challenges like this, I started reframing them as opportunities because that is more challenging. Fewer people will do that. There will be fewer high quality video podcasts starting every year than there will be audio podcasts. Mm. And I think that is a competitive advantage in the near term and the long term. Joe, what do you what do you think about Jay's point there about that? It's a competitive advantage because there's less high quality video shows coming out each year. I, I, I mean, I think that's an absolutely true point, right? Um, because, you know, I, I tried doing video pod, you know, I tried, I, maybe this will bias me, but uh, I, I tried experiments with video podcasting and um, I didn't really do much in the way of changing the content, right? I, so I'd record into my app and I would make some edits here and there. I'm familiar with video editing um, and with Descript, it was pretty easy to kind of edit both at the same time. But like I said, unless unless you're doing something special for YouTube, right? That makes the video more compelling. Um, then it's probably not going to gain traction at least right now, right? Again, YouTube's, YouTube's plans for podcasting, um, probably go beyond what is there today. So I think that like adding that extra level of complexity, adding that extra cost is great for maybe creators like you and me, who are uh, the three of us who make money off of our content. Right. But uh, I, I try to convince some of my students to hire an audio editor because they said that's the most time consuming thing. And, mm. um, you know, they they're worried about the cost of that as well. So so I want to double click on this because for purely selfish reasons, <laughs> Jay, like how do you I think I saw you in a tweet mention your workflow um, to I think it was Brian Harris. And you sounds like after the video edit is done, you actually have a separate audio engineer that masters the final audio edit. Is that right? Is that is yeah. that something you need to do or is that something that you could try to find someone to do both? Um. I would be wary of trying to find someone who could do both because they're very different skill sets and I want top of the line quality on both sides of things. So the audio engineer's involvement, his name is Nathan. He's incredible. I've been working with him for more than four years now. 
uh, it's a much lighter lift on his end because at this point, the first step in the process is actually doing essentially a full edit of the video episode before we export the audio tracks for the engineer to mix without removing any space that we can just reattach. Um, so yeah, that's involved at the end. And a lot of that, sure, he will, he has some presets to make my voice sound even silkier and better, but he also sounds pretty to, silky already. I don't know. I don't that's, know. That's the microphone. <laughs> um, but it, it also does a lot for making the volume consistent because we do pull in a lot of B-roll and that might be clips from the guest's YouTube channel and things. So it's really about making sure that we have a consistent listening volume as much as anything else. Okay, real quickly before we move on to round three, uh, like short form. I mean, like it's hard to deny there's lots of big podcasts that uh, one of the primary reasons they've uh, decided to go into video was so that they could try to grow on TikTok or Instagram reels. Jay, I know you've uh, dabbled with that. Joe, I'm not sure if you have, but either of you, any thoughts on how short form plays into that, uh, into this whole conversation? I think there's opportunity there. The conclusion that we've circled around on is... Sure. In a perfect world, we are clipping out a ton of clips from the video that we can put on short form video. There are some creators who really play a quantity game on this. I know Danny Miranda will clip 20 to 30 clips from each video episode he does because his perspective is he doesn't know which one of them will do well. He's going to post them all. We one have opportunity cost because I have one video editor. He's doing the short form as well. So we either hire a short form person or he takes his time doing that instead of getting ahead on the workflow. The other thing that we've come around to believe, because we did a little testing on this, clipping out a 60 second bit from a video podcast works. It's okay. But these short form platforms really want something that was created natively for that platform. So we think that there's more opportunity to expand our video strategy for short form, making dedicated short form videos. And there's kind of a spectrum there. There's an in-between. We did one clip from my interview with Derek Sivers that we put on uh, all these different platforms, but we went out of our way to put a lot more on-screen effects and B-roll to make it feel more native. And that clip was posted months ago and it gets engagement every single day. Somehow the algorithm knows like this is doing pretty well and it grows in views every single this day. Is, this is on later. YouTube, TikTok shorts, which one? Uh, I mean, predominantly uh, I see it on Instagram reels because I get <clears> notifications <throat> when somebody likes that reel. But mm. it's I've also noticed it in the analytics on YouTube as well. Haven't seen it on TikTok. I don't know that it, TikTok cycles back that far as well, but YouTube and uh, reels has been pretty effective. Interesting. Joe, I want to bring you in and tell us why uh, using short form content is, is stupid in a second. But first, a word from our sponsor. D2C Pod, hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. D2C Pod is a podcast about all things direct to consumer. Ramon and Blaine cover everything for starting, growing, and optimizing e-commerce stores and D2C brands. They talk with founders, marketers, and creators and cover topics like brand building, social media, influencer marketing, website conversion, paid media, consumer trends, email marketing, and more. So if you're interested in the stories behind your favorite consumer brands, listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 
You may or may not know that I have a bit of a domain buying obsession. Whether it's a new project idea or domains related to my existing projects, I'm buying them all. I have creatorscience.tv, creatorscience.fm. So let me tell you about my newest purchase. It's jklaus.bio. Connection with your audience is everything. We make all this content and then we want to direct our audience somewhere. Well, a great new option is with a .bio domain. Instead of some long link tree or third-party URL that people can't understand and is hard to say out loud, using your .bio domain for your link in bio lets you manage all your links in one spot with a custom domain that tells people exactly who you are. It's short, it's memorable, it's professional. Your .bio domain name is your way to share yourself with the world. And right now, you can get your own .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. Yes, that's a real website and a real registrar. Just visit porkbun.com slash creator. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com slash creator. If you work with clients and you want to grow your top line revenue without growing a big payroll at the same time, then consider attending the Solopreneur Summit, a VIP event hosted by my friend Ken Yarmish. Ken has personally closed over $50 million in his career as a solopreneur, all in professional services. I've learned a lot from Ken, and he's worked with some of the biggest names today. People like Matt Barker, Nasheen Chen, Laura Acosta, and Jake Ward trust Ken to get clearer offers and scale their business with systems. Now, Ken is running a two-day in-person summit on May 9th and 10th to help you build systems across marketing, sales, and client delivery. So now you too can grow without hiring. This will be a workshop setting. It's the anti-loud obnoxious conference with no more than 50 people who will go deep with Ken and other experts that he's brought in to solve actual problems in your business. Ken and his invited experts will show you their proven systems across personal branding, driving inbound leads, social selling, crafting scalable offers, using AI to automate client delivery, and more. Stop guessing and start learning from those who are three to five steps ahead of you. Get actionable tactics and proven systems to accelerate your pipeline, close more deals, and get out of client delivery hell. Head to trs.club slash summit to learn more and register for the Solopreneur Summit today. At that website, you'll see some of the other experts that are coming in that will allow you to go behind the scenes and look at their actual businesses. Again, that URL is trs.club slash summit. One last time, that's trs.club slash summit. All right, Joe, tell us why using TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, not really that effective for a podcaster. Well, I'll, I'll tell it to you from the, uh, from the audio-only standpoint, right? And the audio-only standpoint is that audiograms are just not compelling video, right? Like watching text fly across the screen or a waveform, like people don't care about that. That's not compelling video. What is compelling video, and this is going to add more uh, to your workflow, is what I would do for a little bit is I would record a video right after the interview, vertical, short form, and say, hey, I just got finished interviewing Justin Moore. We talked about this. He told us about our rope method. If you want to check that out, the episode's live right now. Click the link, whatever, Mm. like whatever, whatever call to action, right? And that's me kind of summarizing going through the top three takeaways, which I write again, right after the episode. And again, that's extra work. I didn't, I don't have a strong following on TikTok. uh, So I didn't see a a good return on that. What I did see was on YouTube shorts when I released like little tips uh, that I got from the show. I didn't even have to use the guest's audio, right? I just said, 
this is a tip. I learned that from here. Here's the link to the episode if you're interested. Mm. And that, again, was a lot easier for me to produce. I would record it with my camera app uh, and then upload the video separately on each platform, right? Because they like it coming from them. Um, and and that worked for me for a while. Interesting. Almost like a, like a tweet thread, all the, all the thread boys out yeah. here being like, oh, I read <laughs> 17 books and here's the biggest 10 takeaways, <laughs> right? And that is the end of round two. Let's, let's get into round three uh, because I think every creator watching and or listening, what they actually care about is monetization, right? Come on, let's get some cha-chings over here, right? So Jay, be real with us. How much money are you making now that you have a video in your podcast? And I want some dollars and cents, prefer preferably screenshots of your bank statements, or also an acceptable answer uh, is how much debt you're in now because you had to hire a, an editor. Um, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> not even, not even a joke. 100% no, no, but actually, actually, like, like, how are you? So let's talk about that. But also, how are you? How are you pitching sponsors now that you have a, a video component? Two minutes. To be honest, I haven't done a lot yet. We, we did work with Riverside out of the gate since we use Riverside to record that show. But um, one thing that I'm really bullish on about YouTube is, you know, I pulled open my audio analytics for my episode with Justin Welsh. And since the week, the week of posting that episode with Justin Welsh, basically in audio, you see a giant spike when it's released and then a slow trickle and then basically nothing ongoing unless somebody shares it in their newsletter. So it's it's basically that curve. On YouTube, it's been kind of a steady build, actually. Like the, the episode has way more life long, long term. So the difficult thing about uh, pricing sponsorships, and I need to go back through Brand Deal, Riz Brand Deal Wizard to figure this out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how I package this because I've never sold this before. And typically in audio, you sell it on a CPM basis uh, and it gets cycled out. And that's not true in video. So in the immediate term, I've actually been using my ad breaks to promote my own stuff. The the first ad break we've been using to promote my newsletter, the second ad break we've been using to promote the past 100 plus episodes of audio only content so that as these videos get binged when new viewers find them, more and more people are being um, uh, exposed to my newsletter and the audio show as well. Uh, and to me, I can't put a dollar value on that yet, but it, it's been a compelling use of that ad space. Uh, as I figure out what my sponsorship on YouTube, what that strategy looks like. Super interesting. Uh, Joe, your turn. What, how do you approach monetization like with your audio only podcast? And like, also I'm curious, like, what do you say to brands who ask if you can do other stuff for them, like videos on social media or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if people who have hear, heard me talk before know I approach monetization, monetizing a podcast in five ways. It's the smash framework, sponsorship, um, membership, affiliates, selling and helping. And the last two are a linchpin of podcasting because those are great ways to establish your trust and expertise. Uh, and that's a more, it's generally more intimate than video. People are taking uh, the time to listen in headphones and they're going to trust you more. So you can sell your own product a little bit better. When it comes to sponsorship, though, I want to uh, key in on something that Jay said there with, with CPM. I've never sold based on CPM. Uh, if I sold on CPM, it would probably be like 50 to 60 bucks. Um, I sell based on uh, a type of campaign that, Justin, you talk about in Brand Deal Wizard, uh, brand awareness campaigns. Again, people trust me and they trust, they want to know more about the things that I trust. And so, when people say, hey, your podcast sounds interesting, but I'm really more interested in video. Video is good content to have. 
And so maybe this contradicts some of the things I was saying earlier, but I have a YouTube channel. And when I sell my sponsorship packages, I always include at least one video. And what I'll usually do is make the video and then make the ad campaign point back to the video mm. and say like, hey, if you want to learn more about this sponsor, I did a video over on my YouTube channel where I highlight the top three features for creators. And now I'm leveraging both audiences and um, I'm pushing one audience to the other. And that's going to be really beneficial because it increases my overall reach for the brand. Fascinating. Um, Jay, with respect to this, do you do you believe the CPM pricing model in general that advertisers, at least I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, like do you, do you believe that that people, brands and sponsors and prospective partners are more open minded about other types of uh, compensation structures, given now that there's all these other things that, you know, you or Joe that you could do for them, like maybe in your community or in your newsletter or whatever. It can I really... can I ask a follow on to that? Yes, too? please. Uh, I, I'll just want to caveat that my ads are baked in too. They're not dynamically inserted. Jay, I don't know if yours are dynamically inserted, which you kind of have to sell based on CPM. Yeah. It, it kind of depends on who your advertisers are because there are advertisers who bis basically explicitly play the CPM game and they're typically represented by agencies who are the ones really playing that game. And so on uh, uh, Creative Elements, the podcast, and even uh, my newsletter, uh, and a lot of the the sponsors that the ConvertKit sponsor network are pulling in, most of those are through channels and people who are accustomed to and mostly only interested in doing the CPM game. Could I play another game? Sure. But I've actually set up my very lean business in such a way where I am outsourcing the sale of my ad inventory. And so I'm going to play whatever game those people want to play. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's, it's an opportunity cost, like you said, right? It's like, yeah. if you wanted to bring someone on your team to, you know, handle it, whether it's a VA, you train them in your outreach or sales methodology and you do that, but it's a decision you made. Right. And I think that that's a, an important point, right? Yeah. And most of the time when I have explored more of a bespoke campaign, they're interesting. They might have a higher dollar amount in the immediate term, but they typically also come with, um, more planning, Sometimes like entirely new pieces of content is is desired. So I, I prefer right now to go with what has a lower opportunity cost in terms of my time and uh, work with um, those established channels who want to play the CPM game. And that, my friends, is the end of round three. Jay, Joe, it's time to make your final appeal. OK, on the other end of your camera on the other end of your microphone is a creator who is relying on you to make this tough decision. So convince them why video is either awesome or terrible for their podcast. Joe, you're up one minute. Look, creating content is a tough gig. There's a lot to think about from topics to actually creating the content to the editing and promoting. There's a lot to think about. The beauty of podcasting is that with an audio-only medium, you can create compelling content faster and more affordably. Plus, your reach could be better. People like to listen to podcasts when they're doing other things. Driving, cleaning, mowing the lawn, or cooking. I, I would listen while mowing the lawn. I have noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> it's more convenient for them, and so they can listen at their convenience. 
you take that away when you introduce a video component. And if you want to make videos, by all means, make a video. But if you want to make a podcast, all you really need is a mic and your voice. Wow. Two seconds to go. Jay, you're up. One minute. I want to tell you about a guy named Jeremy Mary who has a channel called Backstage Careers. It's a podcast, but it's also a YouTube channel. On that show, he interviews people who are working behind the front-facing creative talent. He had a video. It was it was an interview, a long-form interview with Caleb Ralston. You may not recognize his name, but he was behind a lot of Gary V's social growth on TikTok in particular. And also lately, he's been working with the Hermoses on their social uh, strategies. That long-form 90-minute interview from Jeremy is currently at 174,000 views on YouTube. That's far and above all of the other videos on his channel. And that can happen with any video that you upload to YouTube. That does not happen in podcasting. And that's the type of thing that I'm trying to tap into because I believe the quality of all of my episodes is really high. I believe they're aligned in a way that if you find one, you're going to look at more of them on the channel. And I want to have one thing hit that introduces people to the rest of my world. And I think that the investment in YouTube is an investment in that opportunity. Wow. There you have it. Jay, hit us with the call to action. Where can people learn more about creator science and follow you on social media? Go to creatorscience.com. I'd actually love for you to check out Creative Elements, the podcast. Since you're a podcast listener, you can find that on YouTube by searching Creative Elements or going to at Creative Elements FM. And anywhere you hang out on social, just search my name. You'll find me there. I want to quickly say, you know, tell everyone why I love following you, Jay, because I, you are one of the most thoughtful people I know. You give super objective feedback. You're a super talented writer, and I'm really proud to call you a friend. So thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, and likewise. Yeah. Joe, hit us with your CTA. All right. If you want to learn more about me, you can head over to podcastliftoff.com slash debate. And there you'll find a link to my social accounts. You'll find a link to my podcast. And because I've been talking about starting a podcast so much, you'll actually get a, a little free webinar I put together for y'all. So uh, that's podcastliftoff.com slash debate. Here's a quick little like amazing behind the scenes. Joe actually literally created a customized landing page for y'all for this podcast. So I don't know. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I uh, uh, and just Joe, like why I love following you is that you were super generous with your time. Your automation skills are off the charts. It's actually kind of terrifying. Um, and uh, little known fact, the reason why my audio sounds so crispy right now and I have these idiotic sound effects is because Joe sold me his old Roadcaster Pro. So. Wow. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate both of you uh, and you, dear creator, watching and or listening. This podcast is brand new and I'm desperate for some feedback. Did you hate it? Did you love it? Who won this creator debate? Please let us know on social media by tagging at creator debates, tag Joe, tag Jay, uh, and please rate it in your favorite podcast player. That's the thing, right? That's the thing, guys. You guys are podcasters, That's right? Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, shameless plug. If you want to get paid sponsorship opportunities, make sure to sign up for my free weekly newsletter at creatorwizard.com slash join. All right. That's a wrap. Until next time. Bye.